Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the March 24th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank and, of course, my consulting firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. You may reach out to Security Federal at their toll-free number. That is 1-866-851-3000. Again, 1-866-851-3000. Or you can visit them online at securityfederalbank.com to learn more about their offerings. In particular, they would love to see any uh, churches or other houses of faith self-employed individuals, gig workers, nonprofit organizations, those with small and mid-sized businesses to come in and see them about the possibility of the Paycheck Protection Program. They also offer wonderful financial counseling opportunities for individuals who may have some struggles with their credit and want to improve that credit. Um, they would work with you on an individual basis to determine where you are, put a plan together, help you form a budget so that you can get to a position of reaching your financial goals. So please go see my friends at Security Federal. They have 17 locations between Columbia County, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina, where they would love to see you. As always, if you missed a show, uh, last week we had Tax Commissioner Stephen Kendrick um, and any other show uh, that we've done, uh, that's very easy to access those shows. What you do is go to my website, that is janiceallenjackson.weebly.com. And if you Google Janice Allen Jackson or Janice Allen Jackson or Associates, that will pop up for you if you don't remember the exact name. Uh, just Google that, go to the Local Matters tab, and there you will find every show that I have done since March 4th of 2020. Uh, those are excellent in terms of reference. Uh, if there's something that you missed, there's a particular person that you want to hear, uh, please remember most of my shows are evergreen, which is to say that even though the show might've been done six or eight months ago, the information is still relevant. Uh, to you. So please uh, don't hesitate to go to those shows. Please don't hesitate to share those with others who may be interested. I do this show so that people can uh, capitalize on knowledge that I have as well as knowledge of others in our community as I bring them in to, to talk to us. Uh, so please make sure that everybody that you think might be interested has a chance to uh, learn about whatever it is that we talked about on those particular episodes. Also, if you uh, have ideas and suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, sometimes it may take a while because I've already got some things lined up and scheduled, but uh, it may take a while to get to that particular show, but I definitely want to get to the things that interest you. Uh, one of those things is the SPLOST 8 referendum. You know, we did several shows in regard to that. Uh, that did pass on March 16th. Uh, the good news is that 71% of our registered voters uh, who voted in that particular election voted yes. Uh, 
The bad news is it only took 5,900 of you to get to yes, uh, which is to say that 5,900 people voting yes made a decision for 200,000 people in Richmond County. So that's something that we wanna think about uh, and, and really explore uh, what that means. But before we do that, we have an excellent guest with us this week. Our topic for today is the Augusta Jewish Museum. And my guest, of course, is special like all my other guests. He is Mr. Jack Weinstein, and he is president of the Augusta Jewish Museum. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, and you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me. I know we talked about this probably a little over a month ago, so I'm glad we were able to work our schedules out so that you could join the Local Matters family. Anytime I have a guest, I tell him, well, you're a part of the family now. So I appreciate uh, that. I feel that way. And this is a part of my one-year celebration. I started the show a year ago. Uh, in March. So I'm just happy to have you here uh, marking the one year anniversary of Local Matters where we really just try to make sure people are better informed about things that are happening in the community. Uh, sometimes I have, you know, topics related directly to voting or political matters. Other times I have topics that are more related to just understanding more about the community and how certain amenities and things come about. And I am fascinated to tell the story of the Jewish History Museum. Um, early on in my tenure with Richmond County as administrator, uh, we were working on the municipal building. I came in while the building was filled with dust because the renovation was in full form. And we took a look at planning for the rest of the campus. And I thought, well, gosh, you know, the city owns just about everything else in this block. So we ought to just, you know, take over that building uh, as well, tear it down, make it green space or provide some room for government expansion as needed. And uh, I, I thought back on the building, I think I had walked through it maybe a couple of times, not in good shape. And I thought, you know, it would cost a ton to try to renovate this thing. So maybe our best bet is to try to tear it down and, and create some green space until we do some other expansions. And then your group came forward and they right. said, no, we can use this building. We want to restore it. And I was able to do an immediate 180 because I'm the type of person, hey, if, you know, if I have an idea, but somebody else has an idea uh, that has more potential, I don't mind following the idea that has more potential. So uh, you all came up with the idea and said, hey, this would be a great thing for us to be able to recognize the Jewish tradition, culture, and history in the Augusta area. And from there, uh, uh, that took place probably, what was that, about not, 2015, I guess? Yeah, 2015, right. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since 2015 to bring this to fruition. Well, when we had the opportunity, we were told that we had to have a museum open within five years. Actually, it's uh, July, I think, of, of this year. And uh, it was a big project because uh, uh, we started with zero funds. And uh, uh, we were determined both for two reasons. The, the fact that it was a, uh, a, a historic building, historic Augusta was involved. And 
one of the things in Augusta, we lose a lot of our historic buildings and uh, the Court of Ordinary building was 1860 and the Temple building was 1869. And uh, Jack Steinberg, who was the one who fought along with Eric Montgomery uh, from historic Augusta week after week after week to get that opportunity. And when they finally did, uh, as an example, Jack Steinberg was bar mitzvahed in that building. His mother, his parents were married in that building. And so it was a personal thing that he wanted to go. So we started, we've raised funds. We've raised uh, close to half a million dollars. And our goal to, you know, the contract we had was to be open. The actual temple building is a multi-million dollar project. The Court of Ordinary, we turned into our education center. And that one will open the next three months. We took that building that was totally dilapidated and we went ahead and redid it. If you go in there today, which I'd like you to come look, it's a beautiful building that you wouldn't believe what we were able to do. And uh, we'll open it there, which fulfills the contract for us to be able to take deed of both the properties. All right, very good. And um, the Court of the Ordinary, I think historically, I think that building maybe goes back to the 1700s. Is that right? No, 1860. The the first fireproof building in Georgia. Even the uh, roof is brick. So in our exhibits, we're going to uh, have things for Judaism, but we're also going to honor the building itself. All right. And you said it's going to be an education center. So tell me what types of activities will take place there. Okay. We have what we call four pillars because of the four pillars in front of the actual temple. And one of them is uh, a Jewish traditions, so that people can understand Judaism. Uh, one is the Holocaust to be able to let people understand that uh, the Holocaust was an awful thing. It still goes on all over the world. If we don't, if we don't, learn it now, it's going to make a major difference later in life where people uh, in Africa, they wiped out whole, you know, whole communities, whole completely because they were, they were that religion or whatever it was. And uh, so that's one of Holocaust. One is Israel and Israel, we're going to show Israel uh, in the Christian, Jewish and Muslim faith and talk about Israel as a, uh, what they've done for the world. They invented the, uh, the iPhones, they have uh, uh, have more better medicine, better medicine learned there than anywhere in the world. And uh, so that's one of our pillars. Uh, the, other, the other main pillar is when you come in, it's going to be the Jewish contributions to the CSRA. Uh, that's everything from uh, uh, Dr. Greenblatt, who was the first one in vitro uh, birth. He did that to start off with. He also, uh, we've got business people that were in there for, uh, um, that started businesses in, in 18s and in early 1700s. Uh, we, we're, there we're teaching the education of what happened in Augusta based on, on the help of Jewish people and other people. So that uh, the first Jewish person came in 1802 and opened up a little store. And at one time, every store in downtown Augusta, other than the department stores was, uh, was um, a Jewish merchant. Uh, uh, I got certain people, I've got some attorneys who have sent me a donation and said uh, how important the uh, Jewish community was with them, the attorneys they've dealt with. Um, I've got people that have, have realized all the different things that we're able to bring into the community. And the relationship between 
us and every race and religion is all involved. You know, we want to make sure that that everyone understands that the the understanding. Matter of fact, the mayor spoke uh, at our when we first got that uh, thing open, and I've got a transcript of his speech, and he talked about the closeness of uh, uh, of African American and Jewish uh, history, uh, the same kind of things that went on, and so we've got all that kind of stuff for people to uh, to understand uh, the, the importance of Jewish people in the community. And, and that is wonderful to develop understanding. Unfortunately, it is too easy to be ignorant of other cultures, even when they're sitting side by side with you in a community. Right. Um, and um, there's just so much that we don't know about that. And I like the idea of having an education center so that if you want to seek better knowledge, it'll be available there for, for us to get it. Um, and you anticipate that will be open this summer? We actually, we, we got occupation uh, three weeks ago. We have a display committee that's working on displays right now. And mm-hmm. we will be open uh, by um, early June. The only uh, difference is we've got an exhibit company that we're dealing with that will come in and uh, you know make better exhibits down the line. But we will actually be open uh, during that time. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. And the bigger part of the building, tell us how that's going to be utilized. Yeah, that's going to be in two ways. The bottom of it is going to be extension of the museum, uh, be able to have a theater in it and uh, other other parts of the museum to expand the size. The upstairs will be developed very similar to uh, Sacred Heart. It'll be a venue. Uh, it'll be set up exactly like it was the synagogue in 1869. And uh uh, we when it, when the before the even the county got it when that congregation moved to Walton Way they uh, sold it to an engineering firm and the engineering firm put in another whole floor for offices so um, we had a grant that we got about three months ago to take out that whole middle floor and uh, we've already removed two thirds of it uh, when you walk in now it's clearly open and you have a ceiling well that ceiling is the floor of the next of the upper part and it's coming out. So that when you go up the steps, it will be a 35 foot ceiling that uh, the the end of it will be where the Jewish ark was and Jewish, there'll be some pews. And then uh, the rest of it will be open for use uh, in venues. I was told that uh, Sacred Heart is booked constantly, uh, but it's so big that if you have a wedding for hundred people, you're lost. And in this place, it will be able to use for that purpose. Okay. All right. And tell us, give us an idea of the total renovation costs. As I indicate, that was one of the things that scared me about the facility. It's like, it is going to cost a ton of money to make this useful, you know, useful and safe and all of that. Uh, I think the planning department was in there at the time that I went there back years ago. And I mean, years ago, going back into the late eighties, early nineties, before consolidation, the Richmond County Administrator's Office was over there. I remember walking in to visit one of the former uh, county administrators way back. Um, And I walked in that building and, you know, it was, it was old then. And of course, you know, our planning staff was happy to get out of there just because of the the unfortunate quality of facility was not good. So to bring that up to code and make it ADA compliant and all those things, I mean, how much money are you all looking at having to invest? The total goal was to be about $3 million. That was the goal for the entire thing. 
uh, the, the education center, uh, we've invested $500,000 and it is totally up to code. It's a beautiful building. Uh, the, the other two parts, um, we, we really, our next goal before we do the bottom of the temple is the, the venue because venue will give us an opportunity for an income. Uh, the, uh, the, they estimate that we could do that for about a million and a half dollars. And we're doing it, we're doing fundraising. We're doing it with grants. We've been very fortunate in getting grants from a lot of the local and national uh, foundations, which is already giving us some money. Uh, we need some, uh, some, some big hit from somebody to get that done. Uh, there was a, a discussion with the mayor that there would be some assistance from the, the uh, county. He would help us get it. That hasn't come to fruition yet. But uh, uh, we, we've getting that there are some major local people who uh, could make a major change tomorrow. And they are committed. The main thing to understand is that how important this is to the, to the entire community. We've gotten people in there and they thank us for doing it. Our donations have ranged from $100,000 to a lady sent a check for $2. And you could see that check and it was written by an older woman or man that was shaky, but it was important enough for her to be able to, to be part of what we're doing. We had a booth on the Arts in the Heart and that first year. And as we did, people came by and we had a picture of the building and we did it, you know, what a shame this building's coming down. Uh, and I mean, 50% of every person coming in wanted to know, can I go see it right now? So, uh, you know, the, the importance of, of the people understanding is, is the whole point of it. You know, you're, you're talking about uh, uh, being able to understand, you know, uh, where all the religions came from. I mean, the, the first five books is in there and understand uh, th that really is that part of everybody's life. And um, as you talk about that and how excite, how much excitement has been generated, uh, one of the advantages of any cultural amenity is the ability to draw people from outside the community. Uh, if they're visiting Augusta, that they get the feeling, hey, if I'm doing Augusta, I have to hit the Jewish History Museum. Exactly. Is that the type of buzz you're trying to create with this? That, absolutely. Absolutely. We're... We've worked with the, uh, the, the, uh, all the stuff, what's it called, Augusta Company now, the, uh, the tourist part Convention of the- Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mm -hmm. they, they are so excited to get it, all, whatever they can do for publicity. Um, the, the, the main things is continuing education is part of what we're talking about. Uh, for instance, we're gonna have uh, in the small, in the, the education center, there's one large building that could hold uh, 30, 40 people in there. It's set up audiovisual and to be able to have classes, be able to have speakers. Um, we, we're, we have a program already set up that once in a quarter we'll have a national speaker to speak on one of the four pillars that, of, the, of the four pillars we have. Um, and getting this knowledge out through, um, uh, through other Jewish um, organizations uh, uh, statewide or even, you know, the whole the whole area to get a chance to understand, come see it because it'll show things you've never seen before. Excellent. And just so our listeners know a little bit more about Jewish history and, and culture, there are several different 
types of Judaism. Uh, we talked about uh, Messianic Jews, Reform Jews, Orthodox Jews, and Conservative. I think those were the right, the the right four categories. Right, right. And um, given the differences, how will uh, this museum feature that? Will they only focus on one type? Tell us a little bit more. No, no, it'll be, you know, it'll be the difference between the four sects of, of of Judaism is just some minor changes in the way that it's presented. It's all the same. Uh, example, the, the conservative, which I'm a member of, uh, does it alike, like it was supposed to be in the, in the Torah original. The Orthodox does it exactly like it was in there. They, they interpret it very, very strictly. And then the, uh, the ones that are reformed uh, just have a little bit different of what they do. But this is not a Jewish, you know, uh, conservative or anything else. It is a Jew Jewish as whole. And a lot of those things will be brought up that way to show that, uh, that like, like the Jewish customs that we're talking about, we'll be showing the way we celebrate Passover and the little differences that might be with the, the other ones, but it's all ends up being the same Passover. Okay, all right. Um, if people want to know more about the museum, uh, tell our listeners where they can go to learn. Uh, if you go to AugustaJewishMuseum.org, we've got, I believe also .com, we have a phenomenal um, website that will actually has an interactive part where it's a virtual museum. And if you go in there, you can actually click on, uh, it'll come on with a, a docent that will come on and he'll take you to, uh, let's say, the Holocaust and he'll ask questions that you answer. You know, where did this happen or why was this done? And uh, so you get education just reading that. But uh, all the other stuff, where we stand, uh, that's all going to be available in the website itself. Um, back to another point of the one of the things we want to do at the entrance of the museum is a timeline. And the first Jewish person came in 1802, and the whole wall is going to be a timeline that in 1802, what happened in Augusta, what happened in Georgia, what happened in the United States, and what happened in the world. And it'll go all the way through today. So if you look at like the World War II, it'll tell you the, what's going on in Augusta with our, our men and women that lead, left and gone to war, but it'll go all the way through. And that should be very, very interesting for people to understand. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we close out? Um, I want to thank your, your show because it makes a big difference to give us an opportunity to have this information out. Uh, everything that you bring up uh, gives us the point that they now know to go to the museum website that they never would have known. Um, but the other things is, is we're raising money, you know, and we, we, uh, we are looking for donations. And just like the $2 one, and the million and a half, you know, either one is available uh, to make donations. You can go to the website and on the website, there is a chance to, to make a donation by PayPal, by credit card, uh, anything you want to do. And uh, uh, the, like I say, there's no limit. The $2 was as important to me because somebody cared enough to do it as the, well, maybe not the million and a half. I might like that a little better, but, uh, <laughs> but that's the important part. All right. And I know you're raising money now for the capital expense associated with right. 
uh, that. And I also will note that you all are not a part of this Floss to Eight package. I know there was some discussion at one point you had applied for some funds, but you're not a part of it. So you need every dollar that you can get. And I guess I would imagine that once you open, have you decided if there'll be entry fees or will you still be collecting donations at that time? Absolutely no entrance fee. It's okay. important enough for me to get this across to the whole community, no matter what they can afford. And I hate to miss a group of people just because they don't have the funds. So there will never be a, a charge to come in. Oh, that, that, is, that is fabulous. So that also means that the, it, the resource is available for school children and others, you know, a busload of the kids come on through, learn some things that they otherwise wouldn't be exposed to. Right. Our education part of it is just that. We would like to be able to tie into the, uh, all the surrounding educational uh, counties. Like as an example, the Holocaust, I think they read a chapter or something somewhere, you know, somewhere in school in the fifth grade or something. We'd rather them come there and be taught about it. Um, it, was, it was so unusual. I think they showed the, the national uh, figures showed that it was like you know, 18% of people knew about the Holocaust. Other people have no idea what it is. And, and it, it's just a shame if you don't educate them. You know, anti-Semitism is very important in the world now. And that's, the, that's what caused the problems in World War II and the Nazis. And the point is, you see what's going on in France, you see what's going on in New York, but it starts here. It starts that somebody um, in... in a, anywhere in this area that have no concept. You know, the thing that's been showing that uh, hate only comes with, from what you learned. You know, there's no difference in any of us except somebody told somebody that I, we're bad or the black people are bad or the Japanese people are bad. And, uh, and, and once it goes, it continues. You know, all of a sudden the next one says, oh, my mom said and it never gets changed. So that's a big part of what we're trying to do. Thank you so much, Mr. Weinstein. You have been a great guest and uh, I look forward to being able to walk through that museum when you have it all done and, and feel really good to have been a part of what it took to make it happen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Janice. I hope you found that informative and that you take the time to visit the Augusta Jewish History Museum uh, this June uh, when it opens. Also want to get you ready for next week's show. My guest next week is Ms. Tracy George. Tracy is with the Coalition for the People's Agenda. They opened an office here in Augusta, and she is going to talk about their activities, specifically what their organization is, what they do, how long they've been in existence, and how she became affiliated with it. But also, uh, we're going to talk about that issue of SPLOST 8. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the turnout was abysmally low. Uh, you look at a voter turnout of 5.97 or 6% overall. But if you dig into the data by precinct, you see that in some of those precincts, the turnout was just a little over 2%. So we're going to delve into what that means here on the local level. Obviously, we had much higher turnouts for the January 5th runoff and the November 3rd election. 
we also had much higher turnout for our local elections when we voted uh, back in June. So um, this was uh, unusually low. Unfortunately, though, when you have a single issue election, these things tend to happen. So we're going to talk some, just delve into the reasons that that took place and what it is that we can do as interested parties, as a community, uh, to ensure that even for the special elections that our turnout is a little higher than what we saw on March 16th. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. Uh, we want you to help us grow and expand that family. So please tell everybody you know about Local Matters. Go check out those ep old episodes. And most importantly, to help support the work of Local Matters, please patronize the Security Federal Bank, uh, one of the uh, institutions in town uh, and in this region that is designed to provide services to individuals who may be of lower income, people who may not be in ideal financial condition. Uh, they want to serve those individuals and those businesses uh, due to their role as a community development financial institution. Uh, Thanks so much. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net because local matters.